We thank you for this moment we have right now in the middle of the week to come to you, to worship you, and already tonight we feel your presence, Lord. We need you, God, so much. Lord, I want to lift up Israel to you, God, and all that's going on, and we pray for peace over there, Lord. We pray for your protection and that you would be with that nation. And we know with all these things, God, as we've been talking about Sunday, that you're coming soon. And Lord, with all that in mind, God, we can't wait to be with you. God, thank you for that love you have for us. And thank you for the love we have for you. And God, there's no richer thing, no better thing, God, to have you in our lives. So I ask Jesus, by your Holy Spirit, you bless your word that you would speak to us, God, as we continue to love you back as we study your word. So anoint this time with your spirit, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If you can grab your Bibles, open them to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. We're going to continue our study here through the Gospel of Luke. Welcome, everyone. Aloha. Welcome, everyone, online. Thank you for you faithful who continue to connect and um, attend our church here online and be part of our body here. Uh, The other day, I found a smile on my face when I read these Bible jokes. Yeah, you're excited, right? Where's all the clapping? Is this audience mic on? Oh, wait, something's wrong. No. (laughs) All right, here we go. What kind of man was Boaz before he got married? He was ruthless. (laughs) What was the first math homework ever signed in the world? When God told Adam and Eve to go forth and multiply. (laughs) Where is medicine first mentioned in the Bible? Well, when God gave Moses two tablets of stone. I like this one. What brand of cell phone did Delilah use? A Samsung. (laughs) I know, you're telling me, stop, stop. My my side is aching already. (laughs) Oh, one more, Hanaho. Okay. All right. Um, It's not a Bible one, though. That's okay. Okay, why did Mozart get rid of his all his chickens? Because when he he was asked um, them when he was asked who the best composer was, they all said "Bop, bop, bop, bop." Anyway, all right. Well, remember what Proverbs seventeen twenty two says? It says a joyful heart is good medicine, but crushed spirit dries up the bones. I hope that I brought you a little joy in your heart tonight, you know, with these jokes, even in your not-so-maybe-happy week that you're having so far. But there is a joy, not just maybe through jokes or, or humor in that sense, but I hope you find joy, lasting joy, and that is in Jesus. That's the thing. No matter how we're feeling, no matter what we're going through, we can have joy in Jesus. And, and, And even different things that God has done in our lives and His truth and all of that, we're going to see that tonight as we continue our passage in the book of Luke. See, Jesus teaches the disciples 
He teaches them here where to find that lasting joy. And so I hope for you and I tonight and anyone connected that we can recapture the joy. No matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening. And that's the title of our message, Recapture the Joy. We're going to be uh, looking at Luke chapter 10 from verse 17 through 24 tonight. And we can recapture that joy by three things here. And this is our outline. Uh, By knowing you have heaven, by knowing you have the truth, and by knowing you have Jesus. So that's our outline. That's how we can recapture the joy. Let's begin number one with you have heaven. We can recapture the joy by knowing you have heaven. Now we're going to be covering verses 17 through 20 here in this section. But first of all, take a look at verse 17. We begin here. Luke chapter 10, verse 17, it says, The 72 return with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So as we begin here tonight, we're getting into this passage. Now the 72 disciples are returning and have returned from their mission. Remember last time Jesus sent out these disciples to go on before him, to go into every village and town as he's making his way down south to Jerusalem. Remember, he's heading in that direction. This is his last trip to Jerusalem. There, all the events are going to unfold where he's betrayed and um, arrested unjustly, turned over to the Romans, and he's going to die on the cross. So he's heading in that direction. And as he's heading there, remember, he sent the 72 ahead of him to share the peace of the gospel, that the kingdom of God is here, that God is here to help now, to give them hope. And then Jesus comes in and he starts teaching and sharing and and, and uh, being with the people there. Remember, they were these 72 were called to be ambassadors of the kingdom. That was our title last time. Now, they've returned from that mission. They've, they've come back. They've joined up with Jesus now as he's making his way down. And they're all excited. Here in verse 17, it says they return with joy. They're excited. They're happy. This is, wow, this is amazing. This is a great time. They could not stop talking about the whole experience they had when they went out and were sent out by the Lord here. And here, especially what they bring out, the most amazing is, Lord, they tell them, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So even the demons obeyed the disciples. When the disciples called on them to be cast out of people, they obeyed the disciples because they were using Jesus' name, the name of Jesus. So you remember, Jesus had given the power of his authority to cast out the demons, And they came back so excited to see all that work. And remember I mentioned to you last time, it wasn't in this passage uh, right above here when Jesus sent the 72. But remember I mentioned last time that it was just like when he sent out the 12 in Luke chapter 9 verse 1. And he said, it says here, and he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. So this, this is exactly what happened. They were, they went out, they went out and sharing the gospel. They went out healing the sick. And they themselves are able to cast out demons with that authority and power given to them as they did all of that in the name of Jesus. So, so you can tell they're excited. They're filled with joy coming back and all that they had experienced. Now look at verse 18 and 19. 
And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. We'll stop there now. Now Jesus responds with their joy, with, Lord, even the demons obeyed us. This was amazing. Jesus responds telling them, hey, look, I was there, you know, when Satan fell like lightning, like lightning coming from the top of the sky, coming down to the earth. I was there at that moment when Satan fell from heaven. Now, I believe he's referring to Isaiah 14. We've talked about that before, where in that chapter talks about how uh, Satan, who was really this created angel, right? Some believe that he was possibly even the worship leader in heaven, probably. But he got all full of pride. He wanted glory for himself. He wanted authority. He wanted to be like God. And because of his rebellion there, he was cast out of heaven and he came and uh, uh, fell out of his position, basically, and came down uh, to the earth. So he was cast out of heaven. So Jesus saying, you know, guys, when they're like, wow, and even the demons obeyed us. Jesus said, you know what? I was there when Satan was cast out. I was there. I was there. And probably Jesus was the one who cast them out. So when the disciples cast out the demons by the name of Jesus, it goes along with when Satan was cast out and defeated. defeated. So that's what Jesus is saying. Yeah, that's right, guys. And you know, I was there. I was there when he was first cast out when he was first overtaken and then he reassures them now he says in uh, verse 19 behold now i've given you that authority to tread on serpents and scorpions tread is like trample and he's calling uh, the forces of the demons the satan serpents and scorpions if you don't like snakes you're probably going yeah see that's why you know uh, uh, snake serpents is like you know pictured as a symbol of satan maybe you hate scorpions I, they look kind of weird and ugly anyway and maybe they're fashion after demons i don't know but anyway you know so anyway evil there is 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 symbolized here with serpents and scorpions and then just say hey hey let me reassure you you know as you continue ministry you know what i've done as you did ministry now as ambassadors of kingdom i gave you that same power when i cast out satan when i was there i give you that authority in my name that you can trample the enemy the power of the enemy is not strong. You can go against these demons trying to stop the work. And you know what? You're not going to be stopped. The power of the enemy is not going to do anything. And you're, they won't able to hurt you. God's going to protect you from these evil forces trying to destroy you. So Jesus is saying, yeah, there's a battle. There's a battle going on. There's a spiritual battle with these demons, Satan. But you know, I already cast out Satan. I, I already got I already overpowered them and you're not going to be overpowered. That's the idea here. Warren Wiersbe wrote, Jesus saw these victories as part of a war that dethroned and defeated Satan. And I like that thought. So Jesus is saying, Hey, I was there. Matter of fact, I was the one probably who cast them out. You know? I, I saw it all. I saw it go, and you know what? He can't overcome us. He can't overcome me. So my name, and I'm, I'm, I'm there with you too. I'm, I'm, I'm doing that too. You know, before we go on to verse 20, I was thinking, maybe you've been battling. Maybe you've been going through that, that spiritual battle. 
I mean, every day I feel like I'm in a battle. Maybe you've been under attack this week or lately. Maybe it's been difficult and, and it's like, wow, you know, the enemy's just pressing down, hitting you. But know this, in the name of Jesus, you will never be overcome. You will not be overcome. Jesus has won already. He's cast them out. It wasn't like saying, you can't do that to me, right? No, he's, he's, he cast them out. That's Jesus. That's his power. So don't worry about that. Remember I said this before, it's not a battle for victory, but it's a battle from victory. And, and we know on this side of the cross, Jesus died defeated sin and death, and Satan rose again from the dead and defeated Satan, right? So we have that. So maybe you've been battling. Just put that into your heart today. You will not be overcome. Yeah, there's a battle. Jesus saying, hey, yeah, there's a battle. Behold, but you know, I've given you authority and a power. You know what? You're going to trample on these serpents and these, these scorpions and over the power of the enemy. You're not, you're not going to be totally hurt or destroyed. So know that today. Now, verse 20, Jesus goes on and he says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I like what Jesus says here. He, then, then he says this in verse 20. He says, nevertheless. He gives that nevertheless word. That word means, however. It means, well, there's something more than this, he's saying. He's saying, even though all this is true, you're filled with joy, it's amazing, yeah, you have power, authority over the, the, the enemy here and spiritual forces, and they were subject to you, and yeah, that's great, that's am- amazing, and you are filled with joy with these things. Nevertheless, he says this, he says, do not, he says, um, rejoice basically. Right? Do not, don't be so filled with joy just in this. That's the other thing. Find joy, right? Not in that, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I know you guys find joy in that power of God working through you in this mission and your ministry, but rejoice. Base your joy on this fact. Really, let that be the real foundation of your joy, that your names are written in heaven. In other words, you belong to the roster, this list of people who are going to heaven, who are saved, who are citizens of heaven. Your, 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 list, your name is on the list of the family of God, of who is God's people. You're on that list. So listen what... Jesus is saying here, base your joy on your salvation in Jesus. Base your joy on that you have heaven now. Our our heading, right? See, it's one thing to be filled with amazement and joy when when we see miracles happening in our lives, right? I mean, that's always exciting, always wonderful. It's it's one thing to be filled with amazement and joy when, when you see the power of God moving, right, in our lives. That, that gives us joy. It, it, we're like, yeah, we get excited and everything. But when the battles get super hard, when it seems like we're not gaining ground, right, we're going to have battles still, all the way up until Jesus returns, yeah. 
We're going to have those battles, but when the battles get so hard, when it seems like we're not gaining ground, when you get weary, when you feel like, I don't know if I can get going, or, or when you feel like, I mean, sometimes I feel like my faith is so weak, yeah? And I feel like, oh, I don't know, Lord, it, it's, it's hard. I'm, and, and sometimes, you know, I confess to the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm doubting you now, but it's hard. When the battles get so hard, we must remember this. Jesus saved us. I belong to God. You're a citizen of heaven. You have heaven in your future, no matter what goes on. And so this is what Jesus is saying. Recapture the joy by basing your joy on the fact that you have salvation, and so you have heaven. That's the that's the idea. Recapture the joy by basing your joy on the fact that you have salvation. And so you know what that means? You have heaven. You have eternal life. What's going on is temporary. It's not going to go on forever, but we have eternity before us. That our joy isn't based so much on if things are going good or not, if you see the power of God or not, if the battle's going good or not. But it's based on the fact that you, we're safe. We're safe in God in that way. We belong to the family of God. We're in that list of people that are going to heaven. That should be your joy. You know, I purposely um, make a section in my prayer time where I dedicate it just to giving thanks to the Lord. I, I, I actually made a list of things because it's so easy, you know, kind of to forget that part, especially when you're going through things and you're in battles and I could get caught up in my problems and a lot of times the poor me thing, you know, and, and uh, sometimes it, you know, I, I don't want my prayer time just about asking things from God, you know. I want to show him that I do appreciate everything that he's done in my life and doing. And so I actually make a list and I portion amount of time in my daily prayer to thank the Lord. And I go through this list and, and I put a list uh, things on this list. I put a list together like, Thanking God, you know, for my wife, for my family, our house, our, our vehicle, you know, provision every day, food. Uh, I thank God for our church, you guys. I thank God for answering prayers. And, and I like to put that in because, you know, in those times of battle, it's good to remember how God answered prayer. So it helps you to keep going because he does answer prayer. And, and I thank God for his strength and working in my life and all of that I have on my list. But number one on my list, you know what number, the first thing is I thank God for my salvation. I thank God that he has saved me and, and he's, I have eternal life. That I have a future. I do. I have a future in the Lord, in heaven. And no matter what I'm going through, I know there's still a future for me. And so that's what I put number one on my list to remind me. Think about all the powerful miracles that Jesus did, right? During this time. Think about how the disciples, they performed those too, right? Cast out demons, healing. Think about all that. You know, he did all of that not just for entertainment, 
not just, of course, he was helping people and the people are sick and the demon possessed and all, but it was all to bring people into the kingdom of God. It was to put faith in them. It's to point to salvation in God. That's, that's what it really was about. So in that manner, in that thought, listen, don't let ministry or the experience of the power of God in your life become the basis of your joy. It's okay. Jesus saying, nevertheless, however, yeah, but, but you know what? There's, there's more to that. That's okay because ministry is going to go up and down. Yeah? Uh, how God uses you is going to go up and down. But you don't want your joy to go up and down in, in that way. Let joy be found that you're saved in Jesus, that you have salvation, that you have heaven. Just a basic thing there, the foundational thing there. Think about it this way. Remember when you first came to Jesus? Remember when you first gave Him your life and, oh, you're freed of that guilt, you were forgiven, you're, you, you, you felt like a new person because you really were, right? Everything was new and fresh, you're excited and you had that joy of salvation. Remember that when you first were saved? Well, get back to finding that joy every day in your life. Get back into, into having the joy of your salvation and don't let the enemy steal that. He can't take that away from you. So, recapture the joy by knowing you have heaven. Let's go to number two in our outline. We can recapture the joy by knowing you have the truth. You have the truth. Here we're going to cover verse 21 and 22 in this section. But verse 21, first of all, in that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. So in that same hour, in other words, during that same time, the same conversation, Jesus just began to rejoice. Literally, it means overflowed with joy. Notice it says, in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came and filled him with that joy, and that's what the Spirit can do even with us every day. He, the Holy Spirit filled Jesus with that joy. And, and you know what? I think the Spirit was like, like filling him and Jesus and encouraging him, especially as he's heading toward the cross. Yeah? Remember, he, it, it, it's, it's going to be super hard for him yeah? to suffer in that way, to be betrayed, to have his heart heart hurt and crushed by by those he had trained and disciples they end up running away yeah one of his disciples judas betrays him the people turn on him right and and you know so emotionally it's going to be hard you know spiritually he's going to take upon the sins of the whole world and we know uh that that he even said my god my god why have you forsaken me on the cross like the father turned his back on him because of all that sin that he was taking upon and, and atoning for. So he's heading into this, 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 this last days of his life, and it's not going to be a peaceful end here. It's going to be a, a battle. And you remember, everything in him is like, ah, 
That you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding. The NLT puts this from those who think themselves wise and clever. Remember how the Pharisees and scribes they they were rejecting Jesus, right? They who's this guy, right? How can he go against our traditions? How can he speak against that? We're the holy ones. We're the knowledgeable ones, right? They thought they had it all together. They were all set up in their pride. They thought they were so smart. They thought they were holy above all the people. And here comes Jesus. And they're like, he's not running with us. Something's wrong. And they didn't like him. So Jesus is talking about that. Those who 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 seem like they, they, they get them. Or they know. And they're wise in their own eyes. Yeah. He's saying, thank you, Father, that, that you've hidden that. But the Heavenly Father, he says here, revealed. That means to uncover, to make known or make it understandable to the little children. What's he talking about? He's talking about to anyone who would open up to God, to listen to the truth, to, to look into the Word, to, to have an open and humble heart. And have a trust in your heart like little Keiki do. That's the idea. To receive that truth just like little children. And not be so dependent upon own wisdom and your own intellect. Or even set in your status. But like little children just come to the parents asking, believing what they say. So Jesus is saying, oh I'm so thankful that you fit in. You haven't fully revealed to these guys who are... Who, who just, they're, they're, they, they just take the truth and trample it. They, they do that, you know. But to anyone who's open like a little child to receive it. Many in pride and that status reject Jesus, but it's the simple and open-hearted that find salvation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, it says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of of God. So then he goes on in verse 22. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So Jesus states that all things, like all authority and power, are given to him by the Father. I mean, that's why the demons have to obey uh, the disciples because in the name of Jesus, Jesus was there when Satan was cast out. And so that Jesus saying, look, all this authority, all this power has been given to me. And then Jesus states how really he's close to the Father. No one really knows Jesus except the Father and vice versa. And the Father knows Jesus in that way. So Jesus is basically saying, look, I am the one, yeah, I am the one who is here. I am God who represents the Father. I am the Son 
who speaks for the Father. I'm the one who, only one who really knows what the Father says. And the Father is the only one who really knows me. So I've come here as like an ambassador, right, to the earth. And I come here speaking for the Father, sharing the truth of God. So that's what Jesus is saying here. And then at the end of verse 22, what he's saying when he says, anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. So the Father has tasked Jesus to reveal to those whom he chooses, who who the Father chooses, to know and understand God's truth and salvation. The Father has willed people to know the truth to be so to be saved, and Jesus gives that truth as he represents the Father. That, that's the idea going, going on here. So, Jesus has given believers. The Father has given believers a great privilege. And you know what that is? To know the truth about being saved. To know the truth about salvation. is To know Jesus and what he's done. To know this, this way to have heaven and go have eternal life. That's what's given. You have the truth. So understand here. See, the idea is not so much predestination here, but the focus is on the privilege that is given. The authority to reveal salvation to people has been given to Jesus, and the Father does that, and believers have been given the privilege to know the truth about Jesus. And that is what gives Jesus so much joy. That the Father has revealed the truth to believers, to the people who are following Jesus. And that Jesus has, has revealed that to the people, has given that truth to the people about salvation. And that gives Jesus so much joy that there's people here who are open to receive the truth and be saved. And that means what? Our salvation, a relationship with the Father and Jesus. And that gives Jesus all this joy. Wow, God, look what you've done. You put all of this together, bringing this truth to the people, and that gives him joy that people know the truth. So here, here's, a, here's the thing for us. Recapture the joy by the fact that it was God who brought you to Jesus so you have the truth. That's, that's, the, that's the point here. That's what I want you to really receive here. That You know, we are so privileged to have our Bibles, to understand what's going on, to study it today. We are so privileged that we heard the gospel And that truth went into our minds and into our hearts and down to our soul and we believed on it and we were saved. We were privileged to to have this truth revealed to us. I mean, who are we? We're just unworthy people, but by God's grace. And so we can have joy that we have that privilege. And so recapture the joy by the fact that it was God who brought you to Jesus so you have the truth. Years ago, some of you know, I, I used to help Pastor Greg Laurie of Harvest uh, Christian Church, you know, set up 
his new computers. And every time he bought a new laptop, he'd bring it to me or I'd go to him. And, and I'd set his whole little world on his computer, Bible programs and everything that he used there. And I remember um, one time I was with him and we were talking about it before Christmas. I was getting ready to share a Christmas sermon with a, a little fellowship we had and and um, he said, oh, here, let, let, let me give you this. And he gave me, like, some of his Christmas sermons, you know. And I thought, wow. I mean, I already felt blessed and privileged to be able to help him. But then he gives me some of his sermons. I thought, oh, maybe I could talk like Greg Lorino. <laughs> but I felt so blessed, right, so privileged that he would, he would allow me to see his personal notes on his Christmas sermon and allow me to even use them. Well, that's what Jesus is rejoicing in. He's rejoicing that the Father has revealed the truth of Jesus to anyone who would simply have an open heart. And, oh, what a privilege we have to have that truth. Do you understand, child of God? Do you understand the privilege we have in having this truth that, that we've been given a privilege We've been given special attention, yeah? We've been given this Bible in a special way. Not, I mean, think about the world today. Not everyone is into the Bible, right? Not everyone has, has you know, the Bible, or maybe they do, but they, they don't count it as a privilege to have this book and, and get into it. This reveals the love of God in our lives. I, I, I think the devil wants to steal your joy. And get that out of your minds that, you know, you've been privileged with this truth. You've been blessed. God's allowed you to have that. He wants to get that out because he wants you to think, oh, God, he doesn't care for you. Yeah? He doesn't want to do anything special for you. But just by the fact you're here seeking Jesus, that reveals the truth. So take that, you guys. Don't let Satan steal that. That Wow. We get the truth, and He's revealed it. And the Holy Spirit continues to teach us through the Word here. And that's a privilege. So recapture the joy. Well, let's go to number three. You have Jesus. Recapture the joy by knowing you have heaven, by knowing you have the truth, and thirdly, by knowing you have Jesus. Uh, this is going to cover verse 23 and 24. Let's read both of them, our last two verses. Then turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So Jesus finishes up here by saying how much it is a privilege even for the disciples to be here with him. That, that th this is, understand, you guys are blessed. He said, blessed are the eyes that see what you've seen. You know, the word blessed literally means, oh, how happy. Here we are talking about joy and all that. And so he said, blessed are your eyes, of what, what you've seen, the miracles. God working healings, right? Demons casting out. The power of God stopping storms, raising up the dead. You've seen all of these right before your eyes. And, and most of all, they've seen with their own eyes the Messiah. 
the Son of God walking on the earth. You know, if there was any time that I would like to go back in time, if there's a time machine, you know, it, was, it would be this time. It would be right here to be able to, to maybe be one of the, the followers, you know, maybe one of the dis- disciples in the massive, I talked about their uh, commentary saying maybe they're like 500 followers at that time. I'd like to be one of those, yeah, and actually see the Messiah, actually see God walking on the earth. Actually hearing his voice, right? Hearing his teaching and, and, and watching the healings, but just to see Jesus, right? Wouldn't that be amazing? I wonder what it felt like to like get a hug from Jesus, right? Physically. I think if there's any time to go back in time, if there's a time machine, it would be this time. And that's what Jesus is saying. You guys are blessed. To see what you've seen, And then he says here in verse uh, 24, If I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. What the disciples are seeing right at this time is what prophets, Isaiah, right? Different prophets who prophesied the Messiah. That's what they wanted to see, the disciples get to see that of what kings desired to see like like david yeah or abraham who who knew the messiah would become but they didn't get to see it they didn't get to hear god speaking god walking they 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 did not experience at all can you imagine that what the disciples saw the audible voice of god yeah I think that would be amazing. These guys held a unique place living in that time when Jesus walked the earth. So Jesus saying, hey, that should bring you joy there. That you have this privilege of being there. That that should bring you joy. You're blessed, you guys. They had the incredible opportunity to be with Jesus when he walked the earth. In Hebrews eleven thirteen, talking about prophets, it says, These all died in faith and not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. I mean, the prophets desired this, and these guys got to see it. But, but know this, you guys, we live in a special time, too. We really do. We live in a privileged time, too. We live in a unique time, too. On this side of the cross, right, we have a full understanding of, the, of what Jesus did, of this truth of salvation. We have it. We, on this side of the cross, we have the Holy Spirit filling us, living in us. That's awesome. The, the Old Testament guys, they didn't. The Holy Spirit was only for prophets and special kings that are anointed. But after Pentecost, the Spirit lives within us now. After Christ and when Pentecost came, the Spirit lives in us. We have access to God's truth like they didn't have. Even the New Testament wasn't written, yeah, totally, yeah. I mean, they, at this time, it wasn't written at all. Afterwards, it was being written, Paul wrote. And we have everything right here. So we live in a special time. And we live, to me, I believe, in the time of the end, yeah, of end time prophecy being fulfilled. And I think 
that would be the second best time to live in. Yeah, to see prophecy being unfilled, I mean, fulfilled, unfolded, and fulfilled. We live in a real special time. Like the disciples saw all the prophecies of the Messiah with Jesus right there. We're seeing all oh, the prophecies of the end times really coming to pass what was written so long ago. So I want you to realize that though the disciples had Jesus with them physically right here at this time, you and I have Jesus with us spiritually. And that, that's really what I want to bring you to think. And that's something to have joy in. You have Jesus right now. You have Jesus in you. You have Jesus in your life. So our last point is this. Recapture the joy by holding to the understanding that no matter what happens in life, you have Jesus. And so we can have that joy because Jesus is here with us. You guys know what um, Buckingham Palace is, right? It's the London residence for uh, the monarch or the queen, right? And the members of the royal family. Did you know after 1997, the Union flag, the British flag, is flown on there every day? 19, from 1997 on. Before that, there wasn't a flag regularly flown on top of Buckingham Palace. It wasn't until the death of Princess Diana, when pressure from the press and public had all you know, come upon the Queen, and they put a British flag on there at half-mast in honor of her death. See, before the protocol was, there's no flag, unless the Queen was in residence. And whenever the Queen was in residence there in London, uh, they would put up the, they call the royal standard. It's like the, the royal flag. And that would show and represent that the royal monarch was there in residence at Buckingham Palace. So it meant the king, I mean the queen or the king, was, was there in the palace in, in our years, the queen. Well, that's what joy is to the believer. It shows that God is living in the heart. We have that joy. This is what's meant by Walter B. Knight. He said, Joy is the flag which is flown from the castle of the heart when the king is in residence there. I like that. I love that. So if Jesus in your heart is in your heart, shouldn't we have joy? Shouldn't, I mean, we talk about salvation, the truth, the privilege of having this truth, but just Jesus, shouldn't that let alone be enough that we have joy? That God is in us? That God is with us? That Jesus is with us? I want to close with this quote by um, William Vanderhaven. He said, Joy is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of Christ. And so let's go back to these simple truths, you guys. Let's, let's bring that smile back on, on our faces. Let's find that joy no matter what. Yeah? We, we get Jesus. We have, we're privileged with the truth. Yeah? We have heaven. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what the battle's been, no matter what you've been, you've been in the, the middle of, you can still have joy 
in that storm. You can wake up and say, oh, God, thank you for this joy. Yeah? No matter the trial, oh, I can have joy. No matter what's happening at work, what's happening at home, whatever, you can have that joy. Just go back to this passage, read it again, and then recapture the joy. Let's pray. Lord, thank you once again, Lord, for speaking to us tonight and reminding us of this joy. Sometimes, God, we allow the pressures of life, the worries, Lord, the concerns. Sometimes the, the, the disappointments, discouragements, or, or uh, things that maybe bring fear or panics, th- things that, Lord, we, we, we tend to allow and make us forget about you, Lord. It, teams, it, it tends to dampen us, Lord. Sometimes we walk around like we don't have God or we, we, our attitudes and our responses are like we're, we're, we're in despair and we don't, we don't have hope or faith. But God, you're here. We know we have a future. We have heaven, Lord. Lord, we know we've been privileged with the truth and this truth sets us free. And God, we know we have you. That we're crucified in Christ. Nevertheless, we live. We live by faith in you, God. We're crucified. We're, we, we've died, Lord, to ourselves and to sin. But we live because Christ lives in me. Lord, you live within us. And, and just that alone should bring a smile to our heart and face, Lord. God, may we find joy in Jesus tonight. May we find that no matter what goes on, that you are sovereign, you you have power, that we will not be overcome, Lord, because you were never overcome. You cast out Satan, Lord. And so no matter how hard the battle is, Lord, we can have joy. God, I pray for anyone here tonight and anyone who's connected. Lord, I pray that if they're going through some severe situations and calamities and circumstances that making them feel so much in despair, Lord, things seem so out of control. They're so beside themselves. They don't know what to do. God, I pray right now that first of all, you'd come and and just give them peace. Settle hearts, Lord. Touch the hurt. Bring reassurance, Lord, just by a sense of your spirit. And I pray for your anointing of your spirit to come upon them. Assure them, God, that even if things are falling apart, God, you're actually still holding things together. And Lord, as we all look to you, I pray that you would fill us with joy. With these truths that we have heard and as we hold them in our heart, that you would come like the Holy Spirit did with you and fill us with joy. 
that we would have joy in the Spirit, joy in Jesus. And so I pray right now that, that you would do that, God. For everyone here tonight, for everyone connected, for those who might listen to this message later, Lord, that as I pray and I ask God, in Jesus' name, Lord, fill us with your joy and a strong sense of your presence there. Thank you for being here, Lord. Thank you so much. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand.